this morning. Man, that presence, when the redeemed gathers in. Amen. We just want to continue in that tonight a little bit. We're just praying in the back. I just said, Lord, if we could just come together like you did with the disciples and just break some bread one more time and just have a little fellowship. Amen. He was present. He was near. You had a big course this morning of a filling of, of spiritual food, but maybe tonight just a little bit of a, uh, we've, well, just a little snack. <laughs> little snack. Amen. That's all we need is just him to come by. Amen. So I needed to pull. I feel like I'm, this is like my first time. I'm so nervous all over again. <laughs> but uh, it's, all, it's all right. Let's pray he can come. Amen. Let's just have a word of prayer and then we'll read scripture. Heavenly Father, Lord, tonight, Lord, all that matters is that you're present tonight, Lord. And how those on the road to Emmaus, when you came and broke bread with them, Lord, how special that must have been. Lord, they recognized you when you broke that bread. Lord, they saw you who you were. Lord, tonight, Lord, we know who you are and we're thankful that you can come and just break bread once more. We ask, Lord, once more. As we heard, Lord, Samson cried out, Lord, once more. And tonight, Lord, it would be just fruitless tonight, Lord, if you didn't come. Lord, if you could come and just with this little gathering one more time and speak to our hearts in some small way, Lord, we'll take a crumb, Lord, just a crumb, Lord, and we'll be satisfied, we pray tonight in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You can open your scriptures to Ephesians chapter 6. And we're now. Right. We'll start in verse 13. Actually, I'll back up with verse 12. 6 to verse 12. Still hear a lot of rustling. We're all there? Okay. Amen. For he wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, Take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. Are we in an evil day? Indeed we are. And having done all to stand. Amen, you can uh, have your seats. No, I'm just kidding. It would just it wouldn't sound right, would it, if we stopped right there? <laughs> That's not what, it, there's another verse, isn't there? I know, you're just wanting to get there. Amen. Why don't we say it together? Stand therefore. Amen. That's the next part. Having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. Amen. You can have your seats. Now you can have your seats, for real. <laughs> I know it's been preached on before. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. But it's something I think that just echoes, really with all, with all a believer, is not going to give up. Amen. Having done all to stand, Stand. Keep standing. Amen. 
But you know, we're, we're in a time where I don't think that is happening much. I feel we're in a time of, of such, it seems, unconviction. We're kind of being, the world is being unconvicted. And every, everywhere we look, everything's just sliding and sliding and sliding away. I think the concept of standing is getting completely skewed. Because we have a lot of what stand for our rights. But that's been twisted from to stand for what's right. And it's been, it's been skewed a little bit. Okay? And we've gotten it. But it's the spirit of the age. It's Laodicea. Everything's relaxed. And that's what's happening. It's just sliding and sliding downwards. And a rapid, steady decline. In our appearance, I mean, we've seen a slide in the world's appearance. Not just, you know, it, ties are gone at work. You won't see a dress code and a tie at, at uh, you know, business attire is kind of gone. It's like, yeah, jeans and a coat, it's good. It's just, a, it's a slide, all right, a little bit, right? It used to be where it wasn't so. If you didn't show up in a shirt and tie, right, Brother Kim? We were just talking about this, <laughs> <laughs> do you have a tie on, Brother Kim? <laughs> I do, only because I'm here. <laughs> oh, we've seen it. We've seen it in colored hair. We've seen it in tattoos. We're seeing it everywhere. Whether there's a slide, uh, a stepping away, where once we stood, that was wrong. It was wrong at one time, or it was looked on as wrong. But I'm just amazed at even just the fact of how many shades of pink, purple, and yellow and whatnot I can see on the streets. And I say, what are my kids thinking? Looking down the street, there was a time when I was not so long. That was absurdly wrong. But now we're standing. That's, that's what someone's standing for. That's what's right in their eyes now. Marriage? Gender? Pretty men and rough women. At one point, you stood against that, right? Unconviction, or walking backwards, it seems, or uh, not we, this isn't us, not by a long shot. Apparently, it's okay to smoke dope now. It's okay to even possess it. It's legalized. Not too long ago, that was wrong, and you stood, and even governments are still trying to, but others are saying, no, no, hold it. It's, all, it's okay now. It's okay we can do that. There's a slide. Be careful. Because that standard just keeps changing. Just keeps walking over here. And if you use the world as a standard, you say, well, I'm in the middle. Middle of what? It just keeps sliding, right? There's only one standard. Amen. Amen. And that's what we're standing on. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. Amen. Spiritual. So they're looking at one of the largest decline in belief in God ever. Nowadays, in fact, over almost 20, 25% of America is considered undesignated in their belief. Okay, so what they stood on, they're not standing there any longer. So they're not really standing, are they? They're just kind of sliding with the times is really what's happening, right? There's over a 20% decrease over the last, just in the last 10 years or so, they said a 20% decrease in people's confidence in church. They have no confidence in, in, in their churches anymore. And really a burden that just where this started to come out for me a little while back, actually. And I just, you know, I was actually going through some videos of, of the congregation back in the mid-80s, early 90s, into the mid-90s, upper 90s, 2000s. And I was skimming through. I was trying to find something. Believe it or not, we do have videos from 85. And... Uh, 
it, it pretty near almost tore my heart out, really, looking at the, the changeover of, of people that have come and gone. At once they were standing. At one time they stood. But they didn't stand there for. And I said, oh God, give me a burden to stand there for. Amen? I've told the young people, I, we went through a camp after one camp one time, and I, I said, look at your age group on a pew. Look, look, line up all, everybody in your grade and sit down and look down the, look down the row. And in 10, 15, 20 years, who's left? Because I can look at my age group and I'm about probably the only one. And that's, that's where we're at. We need to stand there for. Amen? We need to resolve. Scripture says, having done all, having done all to stand. There's not even room for any buts in there. It's done having done all. Stand there for. Amen? Amen. That's, what, that's what's in our hearts. So we've got man, man is slowly again becoming unconvicted. Doing what's right really in their own eyes. What they did in the judges. Coupled that with the end time as it was in the days of Noah, we have a pretty wicked time. Funny though, on the flip side, they're marching for everything they stand for. It's somewhat of a paradox to me. Right? We've got marches for everything. But scripture says a double, double-minded man is unstable in all the ways. And they're going to go wherever. It's tolerate everything. We need to tolerate it all. Nobody wants to look like they're in the wrong. They want to make sure that they're pleasing everybody. You can't say something that's wrong or you're going to be in a tight spot. You've got to watch what you say at work. It's, it's a very different world. Nobody's standing for anything. There's zero conviction, right? You believe, believe it or not, born of a man or born of a woman, that phrase is uh, actually inaccurate and apparently offensive to uh, certain uh, Groups, and that you're, you're, you shouldn't be saying that because that's, uh, it's not correct. It's interactive and offensive to, of course, groups that we know. Uh, here, here's how far people go. Who knows what a cat's eye is? You know what a cat's eye is? It's that little light on the road. Hey, a little light that on the, you know, little lights as you go down the road, it kind of creates the little, little bumps in the road that give you the lights. They're called a cat's eye, actually. But you know what, there's a county in England that said, no, that's actually the cat's eye, the sign, that word has to be removed because uh, fears that real cats may have been killed to manufacture them. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. That's the world we live in right now. You know, the word genius, apparently, it has to be discouraged, uh, according to a lecture in Cambridge, because it carries assumptions of gender inequality and in class and ethnicity, genius. So you, should, you shouldn't say that word. All right, mother is one on the chopping block to the world right now because it's too old-fashioned. Okay, it's too old-fashioned for, uh, for a modern world and the British Medical Association advised its members that mothers-to-be should be referred to as pregnant people. This is our world. Slowly, speedily digressing. Okay? To a point where, what's right? What is right? And that's what our generation, our children are growing up in, in just a complete sliding all over the place. And there's no anchor. There's no absolute. And that's where our world is right now. 
but we've been called to stand. Now, standing, it's an easy thing to do, right? It's standing. Joseph, yeah, come here. (laughs) Right here. Just, Just come here and stand for me. Just turn around and just stand. Thank you. He's standing. So stand, therefore, right? Stand. Where are you standing? Standing. Stand, therefore, okay? So does the word stand just mean to stand? What does it mean? It means to stand firm, right? It actually is quite an action. Well, obviously it's an action where you're doing something, but it's not an immobility, okay? It's to stand firm. So, because something's going to come against you, what's, what's the next line in that verse? Actually, stand therefore and gird. Right. Gird your loins with the belt of truth, okay? You know what, do you ever, anybody knows what gird your loins means? Brother John actually said it last week. Two, two services in a row are going to hear gird your loins. Do you know what it actually, what it meant? Put up your hand if you know exactly what that means. Okay, nobody except two or three or so. Thank you for standing. <laughs> I might come back to you. <laughs> Girding your loins, when they went to battle, they wore ropes, right? And it actually is a, you can actually, somebody had created a graphic of it, and they actually took their robes and they wrapped it so that it was, became like a short, actually. And they tied it off so they could actually run and be ready for action. You think they ran with long robes? In battle, you think Joshua and his and the men were no, they didn't, and they actually girded up their loins, and that was a, a, a method of actually taking their robes and gir- and getting it tied off here, so that they actually could could run and fight. So when it's girding your loins, it's actually a a phrase to get ready. There's a challenge coming, okay? So stand, stand there for, and to gird your loins is there's something coming. So it's not just stand there lax days ago. Something's coming at you, okay? You're going to have to hold out, to resist, to withstand, to fight down, oppose, fight, fight back, defend, fight against, or resist strongly. There's the, there's, there's the def- definition of stand in the scripture there. So you're not just standing here. We're going to stand there for because you might be opposing or might be resisting. Okay, and you can see where the world is going. We're resisting quite a bit, but to stand, you actually need to have some conviction on something, right? If, if you didn't have any conviction, you're just going to move with the flow, right? Okay, so you need conviction, which is the quality of showing one that uh, showing that one is firmly convinced in something you believe or say. Okay, so you have to be convinced before you're actually going to draw a line in the sand and say, "Thus far, no further." Because you're convinced on something, okay? But Abraham speaks convinced and concerned. He says, first, you have to be convinced in what you believe. So then you'll have the conviction that you'll be able to withstand the battery. That's not a quote. That's just uh, that's what I'm saying. Amen. But Abraham talks to Shamgar. And he had problems. We've heard of Shamgar a few times. Maybe the Lord's trying to tell us something. <laughs> but he had, he had some issues. He's getting robbed. But Brother Branham says, you know, he, was, he goes, he's convinced. He said, I know he's God. He said, I'm a Jew. I'm, he says, I know I'm in the covenant. I know I'm circumcised. And it's all he needs. So he was convinced on his position 
in Israel and who his God was. Amen? And it's the same for us. We have to do the same. We said, okay, do I have the Holy Ghost? Amen? Am I under the covenant? This is Brother Abraham speaking. Are you a Christian? Are you filled with the Holy Ghost? Are you circumcised by the Holy Ghost? And brother, every promise in the Bible belongs to you. Amen. And that's where Shamgar came. He said, no, thus far, no further, because he's convinced in his position that God then is going to back him up. Amen. He said, if it isn't, what are we playing about? All right. What are we carrying on about? He says, we're just sounding brass and tinkling cymbals. He says, and, just be, and the salt's lost its flavor, but that's not the case. He said, if this message is right, get in it. Amen. If it isn't, get out of it and find where right is. But he said, if God be God, serve him. Amen. You have to come to a point where you're convinced in what you believe. If you're not, you're just going to go with the waves of the world. And we know where that's going. Amen. Moses had to come to that place. Brother Bram says Moses had a setback. He went out in the backside of the desert for a long time. And he just said, Brother Bram says, let them, I guess. If that's the way they want to do it, all right. He said he never had a personal experience yet. And off he went. He had tried his human way, but off he went. He said, it's up to them. And he had a setback. But he said, one day on the backside of a desert, amen. He said, there was an old bearded herdsman went down across the hill with a stick in his hand. And he came face to face with God. And that's where you have to come. Face to face with a real God, right? He came face to face with a burning bush. Amen. A pillar of fire caught his attention to get him there, he took his shoes off. Amen. The I am that I am was there for Moses. And he was then totally convinced. Amen. And what did that do? Once he found it, he was a one-man invasion, Brother Branham says. Amen. He said he found out that God wasn't a bunch of creeds. Just wasn't a bunch of rules and regulations and do's and don'ts. Amen. Which many, many can just, that's all it is to them. You can come to church on a Sunday night because ah, that's what we do. But God has to become so real to you so you can be convinced when pressures come, you draw the line in the sand and you say, no, I'm standing there for on what I believe. Amen. If you don't believe anything, you're just going to get pushed with the waves. Amen. God wasn't a bunch of doctrines. God was real living God. His heart was on fire and nothing was going to stop him now. Amen. He had a purpose to deliver Israel. He said, what's our purpose? He said, we have a purpose. That's to overcome this age. Amen. We have a purpose to overcome, to live victorious. We have a purpose of rapture. Amen. That's our purpose tonight and today and tomorrow because we'll just keep standing until. Amen. You know the next quote on that actually? I'll read it for you because I'm preaching to myself. It says, oh God, give us preachers like that. I said, oh, that's what he says. That's what we need, brethren. Don't we, brethren? That's right. Instead of running off somewhere, I said, you know what? Amen. (laughs) Okay. If that's what it needs, let's take up the word. We'll stand and we'll press on. Amen. Now, David, David was convinced. But Abraham says, then you get concerned. Once you're convinced, concerned, right? He says, here he comes up. He hears the threats of, of Goliath. But he had to stand alone. David had to stand alone. But he's convinced because he knew his God is real. But, you know, he drew on two instances. It, it wasn't a lifelong worth of things. He just needed, he had two examples. He said, God is real here and God is real here. Right? He had two things, a lion and a bear. And I'm sure 
we could come, come up with two instances in our lives where God was real to you or God did something for you. Just two. David only needed two to say, you know what? Goliath, I can, I, my God can take Goliath. Amen? And then he had to wrestle with Saul. Saul saying, I admire your courage, David. But you're just not a match for him. But he was convinced. And he told him one day, and I love how the scripture says about it actually. He talks about it taking, taking the, the lion by the beard. Amen? He took him by the beard. Let's just get a visual on little David. He said, ruddy and brother brown. He's not a big man that took him by the beard and slew the lion. Amen? Amen. That example, that gave him the confidence and convinced him. He said, if God can do that, then I can take Goliath. You know, Brother Branham says, he goes, but I'm concerned about the armies of the living God. He goes, I'm concerned to see them back, back up on these issues. This was Brother Branham's quote. He says, did I say something? He said, and this is David. He goes, yes, sir. He goes, I'm concerned that the way they back up on issues of God. Jesus Christ not the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm concerned about them backing up. Holiness, holiness doesn't belong in the church. There's no such thing as sanctification, sanctification of the Spirit. He was, I'm concerned. The days of miracles have passed. And so he's just referencing the time. He said, Lord, surely that wouldn't be us. Anybody, who are we concerned? Are we seeing a slide in the church? Are we seeing something, people being pushed by the, the waves of time and not standing? And David said, no, I'm concerned. He said, and if they're afraid to do it, we have an experience here. He goes, we met the devil. That's right. And God could defeat the devil in my life. He can pour into me the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He can slay that uncircumcised devil out there. That's trying to defy the armies of the living God. Amen. David was concerned because he was convinced God was God. Amen. We have to have that experience. We have to know in our lives. And it only took David too to know, you know what? Goliath is no match for what I know my God can, can do for me. Amen. Amen. A God that can fill a man with the Holy Ghost. He said, can't he heal a man or a woman that tries to defy a Christian? And you have to, he says, can't he, can't he heal a man or a woman? It's a devil trying to defy a Christian. He says, oh, certainly he can. A hungry heart that wants to know God. That God, the God that defied the devil and drove him out of my life and put Christ in there. Absolutely, he can do it for any man. Amen. But how about me and you? That's David, that's Shamgar, that's Moses. But it has to be, it has to be real for me and you. Amen? You made a confession this morning. But Tom said, bow your head and pray. Amen? It's already done. Amen? But it might not be instant right now. You have to hold on to that. And stand. And stand. Amen? Stand there for. Amen? I've seen too much of God in my life to know that it's, it's not, it's the truth, amen? We've seen too many healings in this church to know if he's done it one time, he'd do it again, amen? We've seen miracles, amen, Sister Francine? I don't know where Sister Francine is, amen? Exactly, that's one. Who's another? Two, three, four, five, oh, there it is. So is, is Goliath too great? No, sir, Goliath is not too great, amen? Amen, if he's too... He can deliver, he's delivered in my life. Desire's been removed. Stood alone when friends disappear. Amen? Some of us have had to deal with that. Everyone, everyone around you that you associate with just disappear. But it says stand there for. Amen? Stand there for. 
when having done all, stand. Stand for our families, battling for our time with God. Amen. Our minds pressured with the toils of life, strains, the burdens. It's, it's tough. It's not easy. Stand there for. Amen. That's the scripture we hold on to. Amen. You know, when you stand and you're opposed and now you're having to resist, something happens. When you get pushed against, you actually start showing your colors. Now, what, what's there? What's inside? Do you, do you have what it takes to stand? Do you, that, when the resistance comes, now you start showing actually what's there. Okay? You start showing your colors. Is it fight or flight? Right? You see in a lot of the different things that happen, you know, any, uh, you know, any of the shootings or different things you have, there's some people that run to help, and then there's many that actually run away. Right? There's a fight or flight. And at those times, so what would you do? I've been asked, one of my kids asked the question, well, what would you do if there's a big earthquake? You know, I, you know, I don't know, actually. You know, until that time comes, sometimes you don't really know how you're going to react. You want to say, well, I'd gather the family and we'd know everything. I'd be the strong dad. You would hope that's what you'd do, right? In your mind. But when, you start, when it starts coming, the pressure's coming, Satan starts coming, then you start showing the colors. Really, where you stand? Are you, are you actually spiritually ready for that battle to come? Right? Are you fortified? Have you been in the Word? Have you been praying? And now you're ready, and those colors start to show. Amen. Showing your colors, actually. I, I was just trying to say, well, where did that come from? Well, who knows where showing your colors comes from? Again, the same few. <laughs> you're an educated few. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, you know what? It came actually from the good old pirate days. And it was actually uh, in the naval, you had to, uh, the flags were flown and you would show your colors. Because you had, of course, you know, where am I from England or I'm from Norway or whatever, and your flags flew at the mast, right? And it, it revealed uh, who you were, okay? So, but uh, what actually happened is uh, in the 1700s or so, when the ships went into battle, they had to show their colors, and many ships would actually show a flag from a different country in order to trick uh, the, uh, the opponent and thinking that they were, you know, on their side. So pirates actually took that on, and they actually started flying, uh, you know, uh, flags from countries so that they were, they were uh, accepted, and, you know, they, of course, they'd have to come by, and they'd see the flag and the mast in the distance, and so they'd come up. And then when they'd get nice and close... Up went the Jolly Roger. Okay, the, this, is, this is just where it came from. Just to give an idea, you say, show your colors. Well, here's where, it, here's where it came from. And so they put up the black flag, and uh, they would do that so that when the intended victim was in range, they would give him, they'd also give a warning shot and give him opportunity to surrender. Okay. Now, if they didn't surrender... They would also then take that flag down and throw up a red flag, and it would allow. And they would say, basically, we're coming in, and there's no no mercy. And so that's where showing your colors came from, is when that black flag went up. They were showing who they really were, what was really on the inside, what was their intent, is uh, where it was. So to reveal what one what one really believes or thinks or wants, and to act in accordance with the real personality and character, as a pirate would do. 
That's how Satan is, eh? Tries to get in close. Very sly. Right? He comes in, right? Just every so, you know, it just seems like it's harmless. But right when he's in for that killing position, ready to shoot, up goes and you start actually to see who he really is. He starts to show his real true character. Amen. But that's the negative side. We're going to stay on the positive side to show the, our, our, our real colors. Amen. The whole world's showing their colors. Why not show ours? Why not show who we really are? Amen. And that's what we want. Take a stand. And now let's, under that pressure, under this age, we're going to show who, who we are. Amen. Unveil our true character, our identification of who we are. You know, there was times when it was, there were times you can think of when Dathan and Korah and I mean, Moses' times, and there was a lot of pressure there. And they came up against Moses. And you take too much on yourself. And, you know, you should, the whole congregation, I mean, there's a time people showed their colors in those times of, of pressure. But Abraham in, in identification talks about where would you be? Where would you be? And we were talking with the family over Easter, and we, you could see how the different ones in the times of, of, of Jesus' time and at the cross. And, and uh, one of my daughters, she said, you know, wow, that would be, you know, if you look at it on a human side, she said, that would be very difficult to, to just, just believe. Like, if, you know, if you put yourself in that time, here was a man saying a lot of very different things that you, the Jews are very, we're not used to. If you actually step there, he said that, that was an incredible thing for someone to have that revelation. Of, this, is the, this is the Son of God. That's incredible. Okay? You can, we can look at it. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. Look back and put yourself in those days. As we, as we know, eat my flesh and drink my blood. See the Son of Man ascending. And, whoa, these are hard things to, to say. And at some point, right? Brother Bram says he whittled, whittled them down to, to just the 12. And you can put yourself back. Well, that's where... Put yourself there and say, Lord... Where would I have been? Right? Because we're here. The same, same thing right now. Amen. Same thing right now. Judas showed his real colors in that time of pressure. But Abraham said he actually doubted the claims of Christ being the word. So there he was so close in that circle. Right? When it really came down to it, though, he doubted that that was not Christ. That was not the word. He couldn't see the man. He could see the man. He could eat with him, fish with him out there, and everything else, and him being the word, and he couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe he was God. And his character caused him to do this. Man, that's, the, that's that side. But I think of Peter during those times and what he, what he went through. Before he was saved and he was denied Christ under that, under that pressure that time and ran away in the garden just before Pilate and denied him three times and the cock crowed. But when the Holy Ghost came and changed his whole character, Brother Branham says, when the cork was pulled out, is what Brother Branham said, it was a completely different story. Amen? Called him a coward on the one side. And then on the other side, when the Holy Ghost fell, when the Holy Ghost comes in our lives, he said, Peter came out and what did he do? Repent, every one of you. Amen? Men and brethren. This is that which is spoken of the prophet Joel. I mean, that's what the change came for Peter. When, when God came in, he took the, a coward and someone that was denying Christ and completely changing his character and his colors, the real colors of what was really on the inside showed. Amen? Amen. Amen. 
Amen. Jesus, when he was on, when he was here, and the unveiling was pulling all through that time, and he was slowly, the veil was being pulled back now, showing really Jesus' full colors, right? He was, just, he was walking with men as we came to the, really when he was coming to the crucifixion. And I'm just so, just so stricken with, with uh, the message unveiling of God. Did you text me on purpose, Victor? Because I, I took God that text, and I was listening to it right when you took the text. And Brother Victor texted me, and I just, we were, he texted me a quote on the unveiling of God, and we were reading it right at that time. And just so strict with that. And uh, there, was, there was Christ on the day when the veil, and the veil was being rent. Brother Bram says, and when that veil was rent on the day of crucifixion, the veil that was wrapped, it was rent on the day the whole mercy seat came into view. And his, I said, his, whole, his full colors now were starting to show. Amen. He said, now the Jews, they couldn't understand how that God could have mercy upon the sinful. But they couldn't see the one who was given mercy because he was hid. He was hid behind the mercy seat. And in, on the inside with badger skins hanging down and covering them. And he said, who was that then? Why did the veil rend? Remember, it was death to go in there. Nobody could see it. And Moses saw it was a, in a form. He says, talking back, he saw Moses saw back. He said, God wanted to show them the mercy seat. God wanted to show them who he was. Amen. God wanted to unveil himself to show all of him. Amen. And it was under time of great, great pressure and strain. Amen. He said, Lord, if this cup could pass from me, nevertheless, thy will be done. Amen. And he went through all of that to be able to just start pull back and that veil being rent from top to bottom. Amen. So that he could show his full colors. Amen. It was Christ hanging on the cross. Jesus was masked and veiled, but on Calvary his colors were being shown before all men. But to the predestinated, he was God in flesh. Amen. Those are the colors that we... Those now are what we were wanting to reflect. Brother Branham, he talks about Jesus as he went to the, uh, went to the grave. And, and I was, as I was studying, looked like he was defeated. And he goes down, and, and this, yeah, I'm just going to read a little bit of an account. Brother, uh, Brother Branham, on, on those hours that were happening while he was passing from this world to that. He says, I can see him coming down in this first dimension. He knocks. He says, open up the door. He says, there's a wailing mass of women and wretched hags and men all screaming and crying. He said, oh, if I could get out of here. And he knocked on the door. And it said, the door swung open. And he said, there stood the son of the living God in a celestial body. He said, I am the son of God. That Enoch said would come with 10,000 of his saints. I'm the one that Noah spoke of. I'm the woman's seed from the Garden of Eden. The heavens have just testified of me. The earth has testified of me. Judas testified of me. The Roman soldier testified of me. He says, now you got to know that I'm here to fulfill the word of God. Amen. Here he was now, just after, the, after he's now said, it is finished, as we heard this morning. He said, every demon knew he was there. Oh, when he was on earth, they screamed and hollered. We know who you are, the Holy One of God. They knew him even if preachers didn't. He said, they know who he was. And they screamed, let us out. He says, why didn't you repent? And slam went the door. He says, on down he went below the demons, down through the line of demonology. And they screamed and hollered and got back. And he said, they scurried away into the darkness like cockroaches. 
right? When the light goes on and they, he says they're on a little apple, he says, and you turn the light on and the cockroaches all move away. He says the demon just steered away as he was coming down through the different regions. Next thing he did, he come on down through, the, down through that other trinity, on down into hell. He goes, I can just see him open up the door. He knocks on the door. And he says, Satan walked up to the door and said, so you finally got here, did you? He says, yes, I'm here. He says, I thought, when I had killed Abel, I thought, I thought I'd got you. He says, I thought I'd shot you when I got Abel. I was sure I had you when I throwed Daniel in the lion's den. When I beheaded John, think of the audacity of that, eh? I thought I had you then. Well, when you was on the cross, I thought I had you. But he said, you finally arrived. My goodness. Jesus, this is a bitter band. I love it. He says, yes, I've arrived. He says, and I've arrived for one purpose. He says, you put fear and chills over the people long enough. He says, I come down to take over. Amen. He said, that's right. He said, I am the virgin son of God. He says, oh, I, I, I got it right. He said, Adam sinned. He's a devil. He says, but my blood still wet on the cross that paid that sin. Amen. Amen. This is the colors of my God manifesting, right? Amen. He said, yes, sir, I come down to take over. He says, give me the keys of death and hell. Amen. He says, he doesn't give the keys of the kingdom to Peter. He says, give me the keys of death and hell. Amen. He reached over. He demonstrates this. He reached over. He says, he grabbed Satan by the neck. Amen. Grabbed him by the neck, reached over, and took the keys off him. Amen. I love that dramatization there. <laughs> That's taking control. He said, you fooled people long enough. Get back in there where you belong. Amen. He hanged him on his side. He says, I'm the boss now. Amen. I'm the boss now. Amen. He took the keys of death and hell. We don't have nothing to fear anymore. That, that, that was everybody's most greatest fear, death. He came in there and took him off. Not only that, he took him by the neck and threw him on the ground and stripped him of death and hell. Amen. He said, my blood has been shed up there on the cross for the remission of sin and sickness. And you can't keep them any longer. Amen. He says, the people who will believe me, you can't bind them up with sickness. You can't bind them up with fear. They'll believe. He said, hallelujah, the keys of death and hell. He says, here he comes now climbing up. Now he's conquered. He's climbing up now. He says, brother, she's coming near daylight. And I can see that big morning star looking around the grave already. Amen. These are the colors of our God. Breaking forth as that veil was stripped. Amen. Amen. He says, wait. He's got somebody else over here in paradise. See, you don't forget nobody. He says, pass me not, O gentle Savior. Amen. He says, over here, lay some souls on Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Sarah, and the different ones. He says, he opens a door. He says, who are you? He says, I am the seed of Abraham. He says, I can hear Daniel say, What? That's the stone I seen hewed out of the mountain without hands. He says, I can hear Ezekiel say, I saw him coming with such speed to look like the clouds was, du- was dust under his feet. Oh my, he says. I can hear the prophet say, I wrestled with him all night down the river before I crossed over. Amen. John, the different ones recognized him. He said, all right, brethren, gird up your loins. Amen. There's a challenge coming. He says, gird up your loins. Here we go. He says, hallelujah. He says, the resurrection is near. It's just about 15 minutes before the time that the grave's going to open up yonder. Amen. Look what our prophet was seeing into that day. Amen. Having that eyesight, and I love it. 
Amen. He says, you was waiting on me under the blood of bulls and goats, which could not take you into the presence of the Father. But I've shed my blood to take it away. He says, now we're on the road home. Amen. It's going to happen again one day. Amen. That's just first time. Here we go. Think about it, what it'll be, what the excitement will be when it happens again. What's happening in that realm? Here they were actually on the earth, moaning and weeping and what had happened, confused. They, he'd just been hung on the cross. He was now put into a grave. But here, in a whole other dimension that we couldn't see, colors were unfolding. A mighty God, amen, stripped the veil, opened himself up, and now he's coming in a resurrection, amen. He said, Abraham said, come on, Sarah, catch her by the arm. He said, I can hear Abraham say, my Lord. He said, yes, my servant, what do you want? He said, can we just make a little whistle stop in Jerusalem? Amen, little whistle stop. He said, sure, I'm going to be up 40 days and nights with my disciples. Got to give them some more lectures. Before they go, all right, so we'll make a little whistle stop, he says. Amen. Another spot, he says, now as he's coming up, he says, that morning star, he says, it, a fireball that came down, he says, knocked those mocking soldiers, amen, right like they were dead. Amen. I'm sure that was the greatest colors the world ever saw. On that sunrise on that morning, as that sun shone, Amen. As the Son of God rose with healing. Amen. About that time, the angel rolled back the stone and he said there was an earthquake all over earth. He says, I can see Caiaphas saying, what was all that noise this morning? He said, I don't know. The only thing, there was people appearing everywhere around the city. Some of them claimed that their old saints resurrected. Caiaphas says, I don't know. Say, who was that young couple there? Amen. Can you imagine what was going on? Can you imagine what was going on? Amen. He says, whoa, well, and he talks about Abraham and Sarah. He says, oh, they're being watched, and they vanish from sight. He says, uh, it was, he began on the, after 40 days, he says, his feet began to lift on the ground. He said to his disciples, go into all the world, preach the gospel. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe, and you're going to be called fortune teller. You're going to be called devils. He says, you're going to be called everything there you are. You're going to, but you're going to cast out devils, amen? He said, lay your hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Amen. amen. Here he goes up. He goes, I can see Abraham and Sarah, all of them joining with him. Here, here they go on. He said, past the moon and the stars. Jesus at the head, the Old Testament saints behind him, walking. All the Old Testament saints, their great victor, walking in front of them, great conqueror. Oh, what a mighty conqueror, since he rent the veil in two. Amen. Here he is, he said, with the Old Testament saints. I can hear them holler, lift up, ye everlasting gates. Be lifted up and let the king of glory come in. So I can hear the angel say, what was that? Lift up, he said, ye everlasting gates and be lifted up. He said, I can hear the angels holler, who is this king of glory? He says, the Lord of hosts, mighty in battle. He is the king of glory. Amen. He said, what a, what a dramatization, amen, of the king of kings breaking forth from, that, from the grave there. Amen. I just thought on that third day, I said, oh, the colors when that sun rose. Amen. That the earth started to shine forth. Amen. That's our God. But why? He rose. Then what? It says, so the, the character that was in him, so that Christ could then pour that into us. Amen. So that character, the perfect one, the sinless one, so that his spirit could live in his people. So that our, not our character, but his character. Not our colors, his colors could shine through us. Amen. 
It says, you cannot in no way ever produce character like that, referring to Christ. He says, accepting that character in you. He said, a church cannot do that. A creed can't do that. A denomination can't. He said, it must be a birth, a dying out, and let God, by grace of Christ, mold this type of character. Amen. And let that become you. Amen. When he left, and I'll give you another comforter. That's what we're looking for. That's what we're identified with. Amen. That character that rose. You know, it's incredible to me that of all the events that went on there at the end, as when God rent that veil. And when you read the unveiling of God, Brother Branham says, could it be, could it be possible that the Gentiles did the same thing? He says, oh God. And here we had the same thing happening before us. God being unveiled before us and not recognizing it. Many, many not recognizing it. Say, oh God, help me to recognize the veil being tore away. Amen? Seeing what God was doing. It was gr- that was incredible to be part of that resurrection there. But if you actually look at the scriptures that are being fulfilled in our day, how much more incredible. More or equally, however, but if you recognize actually scripture being fulfilled, we can look back and say, wow, all those scriptures of Christ are being fulfilled like this. All, But we're actually living in a time where the end time scriptures are fulfilled. God was stripping away and unveiling himself once again. How much more incredible to me is that I said, Lord, help me catch that. Help me catch you being wanting to represent yourself in me. Amen. Not just not just, uh, not just words on a page, not just a scripture in a Bible, but actually him wanting to reveal himself, say, here am I. This is me. I want your character. I want myself to reflect through you. That's the whole, that's what it's all about. Amen. To reflect his character. Molding, refining. But Abraham says, now with our message, can we stand by the looking glass of God's word? And see Christ reflect in our own lives. He says, can we bear the reproach of the message that we're standing for? Amen. We're standing for. Someone can say something about it and you just don't open your mouth. And say nothing about it. He goes, he was our example. Because God reflecting his character in him. And then if we're sons and daughters of God, God reflects his character in us. Amen. I said, oh God, if we could just reflect your character. If our colors could be shown the true colors by man of Christ. That same Christ identified in each age could be revealed today in me. Amen. That's my burden. It's my desire. I said, you know, just as I've been praying, I said, Lord, you know, we can talk about a lot of what's gone on in the past or times of old or even back in Brother Branham's time. I said, I just, my heart cries out, oh God, help us stand now. Stand therefore now and Allow our colors, the colors of Christ, to really come through us. And unveil, and allow us to be Christ unveiled. Amen? That's really what I'm, I'm desiring. A, really, a, to a return, you know, a fulfillment of, those, of the scriptures. Amen? You know, I look back, you know, Hebrews 13.8 has to apply today. It applied in Brother Branham's day. It applies now. Amen? He's the same God then. He's the same God now. Not just in Bible times. Not just Peter and Paul's time. Right? When 
mighty rushing wind came down and cloves of fire came on their head. Lord, I believe that's for us as well. Amen. It's his same characteristics and it can live in us here. And I said, oh, I want to identify with that God. We're standing on his promises, holding fast. He said, I'm, Lord, let me stand. Let me stand there for. If, it, if I have to be the, the one person on the pew, help me. Help me stand. Amen? We've seen it come. We've seen it go. I'm just challenging. I'm just encouraging. Don't falter. Don't, don't step back. Don't get caught in the tide. Don't get caught in the, as, the, as the wave goes by and the standard just keeps floating downstream. Amen. We have to stand on something that's solid and firm and anchored. Amen. And not allow ourselves to, to get pulled away. Amen. It says, and before we can have a revival, God has to call out, train men. He says, they're willing to go to the fiery furnace in defeat. I said, you know, Lord, if I ha- I'll, let me just go. Let me stand as strong. If it's, even in the face of what looks like defeat, which it looked like for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but they stood willing. Daniel stood willing to go to the lion's den. Looks like God's not here. I must go this way. He didn't know what was going to happen. He, all he could hear was the lion's den. Right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. All he could feel was, was the fire up to some point. Right? But Abraham says, willing to go in defeat. Or whatever it may be. They're ready to go because they've been in the presence of God and know who he is. They're convinced. They're ready to stand. I know who my God is. I know what I believe in. It's not just something I've grown up into. It's not just words on a page. It's not just the message. It's not just the message. Amen. It actually was God unveiling himself. Incredible. Right? If we just actually look at it that way. You look at the scriptures that were fulfilled. Fulfilled. But there's Luke. You can say, well, Luke 17, 30. We look at Malachi 4. Actually, see, Malachi 4 was fulfilled right in our day. That's incredible. If we can actually take that and say, God, help me really see the impact of that. Amen. You'll read the message totally different. Totally different when you say, well, I got to get into the message. I need to read a message today. No, no, no. No. It's actually God tearing himself open and saying, this is who I am. I, I want to be inside of you. I want to pour myself inside of you. And this, then you can take things like this morning and stand on something because you're convinced in it. Say, Lord, I'm standing my ground. You made a promise and I believe it. No matter what. Amen. That's what we're here for. That's what he's wanting us to come to. So it's Peter and John. He came after that. Once they were filled with the Holy Ghost, they come walking through. Silver and gold have I none. Amen. But such as I have. You know, they had confidence. Such as I have. I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Rise up and walk. I thought, you know what? They knew, who they, they knew in whom they had believed. Amen. This wasn't just something. Something real happened to them. Amen. I was reading a quote. And I'm about there. This is Sunday night snack. Musicians, you can come. Brother Branham was said, he said, no, sometimes faith is unknown to you. He says, you got it. You don't know it. It's there. You don't know it. He says, if you try to push yourself into something, you miss it. You go over top of it. It's so humble and simple. Amen. Apply it to this morning. It's just so humble and simple. You have the faith. It's there. He says, you got it. You just don't know it. And he's a high priest that can be touched by the feelings of our infirmities. And if you touched him, he would act 
like he did before. Is that right? He says, now watch. This is, he says, there's a woman sitting right here. I don't know the little soul. She's sitting there somewhere. She's in contact with God. Because in the dimension that I am now looking in, I see the woman and she's conscious that something is going on. She said she's, she's praying for her children who's not here. Now I read the quote and I said, you know, how many of us, how many in here are praying for children that aren't here? You know, the Lord has many times in his service, it's calling out, well, parents, stand for your children. Amen. And it just struck me. He said, Lord, God saw this little woman praying for her children. He said, that's right. I don't know her. I've never seen the woman, but she's deeply concerned. He says, yes, the lady has three children, and she's praying for all three children, and them is shadowed. He says, they're not Christians. They're unsaved. He says, one is a girl, and she has a sore high up on her leg. He says, yep, isn't that right? He says, one's something wrong with her eyes, one of the boys, and the other has got heart trouble. So three, bo- three children, all spiritual needs, all natural needs. He said, is that true? Is that your desire? He said, is that what you want from God? He said, then I ask in Jesus' name that he gives you what your desires is. Done. Just like that. All three children, not just their spiritual and their natural. And I sort of struck after because his next line is, do you need anything else? I said, oh God. That's my God. That's the colors of my God. That's who I'll stand for. Do you need anything else? As if three children with three spiritual needs and three natural needs wasn't enough. And he says, do you need anything else? That's not man, friends. That's God. That's my God. Amen. Says the lady, he says, the next one, he says, the lady there, he says, it disturbed her. This next lady. He says, she's sitting back there and she's suffering with arthritis. Her name is Miss Thompson. She won't know. Yes, I'm a stranger. Do you believe me to be a servant? He says, you're suffering with arthritis. He says, that's your husband sitting there. He has something wrong in his veins, hardening of the arteries. He has something wrong. He's an alcoholic. You're trying to quit drinking. He says, do you believe me? This is the next quote. Just, just same, same one. He says, will you accept me as God's servant? Then I deliver you from that. That's our God. Amen. He said, oh God. Someone might have a hard time with that. Then I deliver you from that in the name of Jesus Christ is what he says. Do we believe that? Is that our God? Did he pour himself into his people? Is he unveiling himself in us today? Amen. Then we must also then have that same God in us. When if a prophet can say, then I deliver you from that in the name of Jesus Christ, we must have the same faith. Amen. Brother Ron said to Brother Tom, I heal you. Don't stumble on that because that's what we believe. If you don't believe that, friends, we're not there. Amen. If you can't have a hard time swallowing that, we have a problem. Amen. But I believe, no, that's where we stand tonight. That's our God. Amen. I deliver you from that. Take that. Claim it. Amen. Whatever you had this morning, I held it in my heart. I said, Lord, I held it in my heart. I said, Lord, I want a pouring of your spirit on our church. I desire more. I want that Pentecostal experience here again just to rise. That's what I'm praying for. Amen. I believe that. That's what I'm standing for. Stand there for. Amen, Margaret. Amen. That's where I am at. Amen. That's just my heart. Amen. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Let's sing I will praise him. Hallelujah. We can praise him. That's our God. Amen. Three children, three spiritual needs, natural needs. 
Anything else? Amen. If there's anything else from this morning, maybe you said, Lord, I forgot. Said there's anything else. Raise it up before him tonight. Amen. Amen. Oh, I will raise Is there anything else? Oh, I love that. Is there anything else? Anything else you want to ask God for? He's a very present help. And he's here to do exceedingly abundantly more than you would even ask or think. You know, there's all, there's a whole history of nailing your 
color or colors to the mast. Show your colors, nailing your colors. You know, when they were in a battle, they also in the Navy, when they were gonna, they're in fight and they're fighting for, it's, it's life or death. And it's either, you know, put your colors down and surrender, or it's a fight to the finish. So the final, the final point of the colors was the captain would yell to one of the mates and he would say, nail those colors to the mast because we are not going to surrender. And as you heard tonight, Jesus was nailed to the mast. He was not going to surrender. He was going to redeem his children. And he did what the word said he would do. And I'm so thankful that it is a reality to me. Are you going to stand? That was quite a point, Mike. <laughs> you can sit down now. I don't think you'll forget that. When you've done all the stand, stand therefore. Have we gone back to an absolute? I think we can say we can go back and have come back to an absolute. They don't want to stand for anything. We're going to stand for the word of God. I'm going to gird up my loins. At least I don't have a dress on. <laughs> we're going to run the race. And we're not going to let anything hinder us. Because that's why they girded up their loins. Because they have no hindrances. So let's run with all that's within us. And hold a standard. And when you've done all the stands, stand again. You watch God come on the scene. We're going back to the absolute, man. We have to sing it.
Hallelujah. We're back to the living word. Amen. That God is now showing his colors in his people once again. Love the word. Love his people. Love one another. We're thankful for what God's doing and continuing to do. Hold up each other in prayer this week. I believe God's starting to do something very special once again. God's calling groups of men and women to prayer. And you want to watch God move? You watch people that give themselves to prayer. Will you pray for the services coming up this week? Pray that God will get a hold of the men of God that will minister the word of God. I enjoyed the word this evening. Pray God will anoint Michael and use him. May the word become flowing freely. Blessing him and using him. Brother Michael's down in Seattle. God bless him. Amen. May God raise up young men. God use young men. John, get ready. <laughs> Amen. It's a, it's a group of people that are going to gird up their loins and they're going to stand for principle. If you can't stand for this gospel, what are you going to stand for? As you heard tonight, I, I, I saw a color I could not believe. I, I, I thought I could be shocked. This, were, this week, I saw a color of hair I've never seen in my whole entire life. And I said, and I turned to Joanna, I don't think she heard me. I said, can you imagine her mom and dad have to look across the table and eat Cheerios? And look at that. But that's what the world's producing. But look what the word is producing. And I thank God for it. I thank God for you. Amen. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, it's been a wonderful day in your presence. To see the church of the living God rejoice in the word of God. Loving the unveiling of God. And seeing it manifested within the lives of your children. Lord, what an hour we're living in. We, as the prophet said so often, we speak about how dark it's getting. But Lord, we don't speak enough on how powerful the church is becoming. So Father, I'm asking that you will go with us this week. Watch over your children wherever they would be. Use us for the kingdom. Speak to lives, Lord, if you would use us. Maybe to witness to one more till that last one comes. Lord, use us in whatever capacity that you have for us. Bless each young person as they go to school. May their lives be a testimony and a witness of your glory and of your grace. Strengthen the older ones, Lord, and may we do all we have to do to stand in this wicked age. Bless the people as they go their way. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, saints. Greet one another. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.